Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 655, recording today live on Wednesday the 3rd of February. Uh, this is the Music Technology Podcast, we talk about all things to do with music production, synthesizers, drum machines, software, plugins, DAWs, uh, what it takes to make records, or well, records, that's such an old-fashioned thing, isn't it? To make, make tracks, shall we say, or even beats, if you're perhaps that way inclined, all that kind of stuff. So I want to say welcome everybody, a few housekeeping things. Uh, first thing I want to say is uh, um, welcome to our friends in the chat rooms. Uh, you can see us on Sonic State uh, live because we stream this on YouTube. We stream it on uh, Facebook and we stream it on, uh, what do we stream it on? We stream it on Disc, not Discord, but Twitch as well. Uh, if you want to join the, uh, the the stream on Discord, there's a special chat room there. If you uh, just see that, it's bit.ly slash Sonic Discord. That's a, an ongoing invitation. Uh, I also want to say, thank you very much uh, to our friends over at Isotope. Uh, Isotope are uh, offering us a 10% discount to all Sonic Talk viewers uh, and listeners. If you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and use the code SONIC10, uh, that's the number 10 rather than the letters 10. Sonic 10 at checkout, you save 10% on any Isotope plugin or bundle. So that means, I believe, if they're doing a deal already, you can save yourself another 10% on that. Um, so do check that out. It's very kind of them uh, for them to show that. Also want to encourage you to uh, take a look at our Patreon. Patreon's been going great this week. Uh, we posted recently the uh, FM patches from the Hydrosynth. Uh, Friday fun that I shot with Glenn Darcy uh, last week. Uh, so if you're interested in that, do you want to head over to uh, patreon.com slash sonicstate? And there's very uh, affordable packages for you there. So you can go a couple of quid a month or I think it's 450. I can't remember. It's not. It's, it's, it's nothing much anyway. So anyway, that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Oh, yes. And if you like what you see, uh, obviously, you can wait till you've watched a bit more. If this is your first time, ring the bell, subscribe, all of those things. We post a lot of videos. We've got, in fact, uh, Cubase 11 Pro uh, review coming up with Gaz. I've been working on uh, a uh, Artifon Orbo review. Uh, so all of that stuff is coming up. And we've got some more Friday funds. got a, a Roland Pro Mars, which is a bit of a treat. Anyway, let's say hello to our guest. Uh, we'll start over here with Mr. Dominic Hawken, who is also Hello. known as Mr. Wiggly on YouTube, where he jams with his lovely looking studio there. It's looking <laughs> a lot more. I don't know. Are you getting a different lens every week where the depth of focus becomes better, even pin sharp? Uh, it's astonishing. My, How are <laughs> my problem is my arms can't reach the thing to adjust the, the, uh, the focus. So I have to kind of guess. And I realize if I stick kind of a mic here or something, I can adjust it. Anyway, irrelevant. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I was just saying before the stream, I'm kind of too busy at the moment um and i'm behind on stuff for certain people so uh synth dog i'm i'm really sorry i haven't uh done the stuff that i was intending to do so public apologies there but it will happen um but i've been kind of concentrating on vsts i mentioned yeah I think, last you said time you I were doing a couple more. of weeks ago so i'm going to launch a range of vsts but i'm not going to say any more than that till you till uh, the first one's kind of ready and able that's just about to beta test, which is really cool. But I, I mean, fundamentally, there's just a, a relatively cheap kind of low processor uh, overhead range of simple VSTs are the kind of things that I load up on my default templates. That I just thought I might have a, have a crack at doing a bit better. So in the next kind of, I guess, couple of months, that should start kicking off. So consequently, I've had my coding head on uh, learning. I know uh, that feeling. <laughs> juice and all that. It's good. It's really good. I learned a lot doing the, doing the sleep app. 
And now I'm kind of applying that to stuff that will plug into Logic. Now it's all about um, instead of just making it work on an iPhone, I have to make it work with Logic and Reason and, and you know, Ableton and everything. And they all have their little quirks. So that's what uh, this week's challenge has been. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really, really good. It, Looking forward to funny. it. It's funny. Do you find when you're coding uh, or when you're, t you're trying to hold a big project in that, your communication with the rest of the family in the outside world changes <laughs> because you're constantly in the back of your mind, you've got that process going and it sort of percolates, doesn't it? And it's so you're you're not like quite yeah. you're not quite there in the same way as you would normally totally. be. It's it's always and I mean it's exciting. I, I love doing it. I really enjoy doing that stuff, thinking logically and making stuff like that work, work and and overcoming challenges. And so you can't help but be sitting there, sitting there in the back of your mind thinking, oh, if I do that, I don't know, maybe that'll change it. I did find <laughs> one of my tips on writing lyrics or or solving problems was to get up, go downstairs and go to the loo. And bizarrely, almost every time <laughs> I get up, go downstairs and go to the loo, either a lyric pops into my head when I was writing songs or a kind of like, hang on a minute, you're doing this backwards. You should just get rid of that and do it this way. The minute you stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's, the, coding, it's the coding equivalent of going and uh, listening to the mix in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally used to say to people, no, can't, can't get this line right, you know, go, go, go to the loo and they, you know, come back and like, I've got it, I've got the rhyme. You know? So, <laughs> top tip. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of that. Sort of, uh, as I did, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I don't think I mentioned on air anyway. I've got the new controller, which is uh, those of you who follow the show will know that I've been having trouble. Apparently, the Korg Nano Control, uh, the Windows driver, um, even though it's quite old and it, it, there's just a little glitch in it which causes it to drop out in certain instances not for many people but just to happen to fit in mine and i just couldn't face any more of that it's a nightmare when when the midi control goes this show's very very hard to run because it's quite complicated anyway uh, let's also say hello to mr matt hodson aka maths 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 who's there in brighton hello uh educator hello. producer artiste uh you're actually rocking the band camp uh, uh out you know uh, uh, subscription model you're you've you've embraced it yeah you get to plug that tonight. Yeah. You've got something going on tonight, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if, if I just quickly plug this? No, um, not at all. That's so, absolutely uh, fine. yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been rocking. My whole project for this year is releasing one song every month for the whole of 2021. And I'm doing it via Bandcamp and using their subscription service. So you're going to get it all on Bandcamp. I think it's three quid a month and you get that. You get hours of all my live recordings, jams, behind the scenes stuff, remixes, uh, for three quid a month. And um, it, I tell you what, you know, it's not just as simple as making tunes and putting them out because there's all the PR that goes with it, the press releases, getting the interviews, getting people to review your music. I'm making music videos as well, which, um, yeah, actually the first music video premieres tonight at six o'clock uh, after this, actually, over at my uh, YouTube channel. So if you... Um, you can get yes, there. There's I already post, a link. I posted the link in the. I posted the link. Get in ready the, for uh, it. Actually, I will say. Yeah, thanks uh, for that, Nick. Yeah, no problem. That's great. I, I saw a couple of your videos. They've got this. You, you've been using that. I, I don't know where you got that footage from. Of those kind of just very slow dyes and clouds in liquid. It looks yeah. fantastic. They're awesome. I mean, it was a great thing to edit that. Just constantly watching these things morph and evolve Relaxing. and intertwine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. But the music that goes with it's quite sinister and dark and brooding. Um, so uh, there's this kind of position going on and um, I don't know, let's see what people think of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a bash at this. Let's see 
I talk a lot about music and music tech, so I'm, I'm trying to, like, this is my project for 2021, and at least 12 tracks will be coming out from me over the year. So, Excellent. See. Well, I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad to hear there'll be some more content this after this evening, after the show. Of course, I expect Gaz is probably streaming as well, so you'll have to have a kind of, like, a ratings <laughs> war. It'll be like, yeah, get the figures in. We'll see how we get. But, yeah, good luck with that, and I really hope it's, uh, I hope it's working out. It works out for Cheers, you. Man. Uh, anyway, well, let's let's get on to uh, first of our topics. I can press my new um, my new video button. So let's see what happens. Yeah, new uh, UAFX. These are hardware pedals from Universal Audio, which do look very tasty in terms of the hardware. Don't know why they haven't done this sooner. These are DSP pedals. They go in the same route as many others, which is you could stick DSP. Uh, DSP and then this is the Golden Reverb. There's also uh, let's play, let's try this one, which is the um, what's this one called? This is called the Starlight Echo Station. So you can stick new algorithms in them with USB, which we've seen before on a number of occasions. And then there's a third one, which is the modulation. Stereo in, stereo out. And they do sound nice, but they should, because uh, Universal Audio have got like <laughs> massive DSP chops. But it seems like a no-brainer. What well, you know, it's like I don't know why they didn't do this sooner. Because as we know, there's a really big market for tasty pedals. I know that Matt, for instance, you're a big fan of the pedal format mm. and sticking them in your system. Uh, Absolutely, and these, these look kind of fun. I think that I think they're uh, yeah. battery style as well. So they you can, or maybe you have to run them on a. Uh, you don't need you don't you don't need a wall wall or anything. You you just you know you you need a power supply for them, I guess. Well, yeah, well, I did wonder actually because you you mentioned you can update them, and I presume that's update over USB. I wonder if that, that you can use the power for for that. I'm not sure. Uh, I couldn't see anything in the. But I didn't see that actually. But, that would be awesome for people like myself who go out with something like this. Um, you know, you can get those modules where you get in the USB power coming out, and then you can power your pedals. That'd be really cool. As as you said, I do use pedals a lot with modular stuff. I'd be interested to know how well these handle the sort of levels that these things sort of kick out. I know some uh, of the yeah. pedals I've got struggle with it, and some of them are absolutely fine. Um, also, these are stereo, I believe, st at yeah. least stereo output. Proper stereo in, stereo out. Which, yeah. happy days. And that's I love, yeah, particularly reverbs and delays for me. I'm really not interested if they're mono. It's got to be stereo for me, just just to get you know. I I do a lot of stuff where I run bass, sub bass, uh, square wave bass through uh, delays and reverbs, and do all the sort of things you're not meant to do because it <laughs> muddies up your mix and makes it you know. That's what I'm about. That's that's the the style that I go for, and I think I think I, I'm getting that into my sound when you know. Uh, when you hear my track tonight, you'll probably probably get that. And uh, the fact that this is true stereo, Ace, and it's UAD. And that, yeah. you know, UAD right now, and it always has really, it's been synonymous with with high quality, hasn't it? So um, I don't know the price on these though, Nick. I couldn't uh, find Well, them. I can, I, 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 funnily enough, I did enough research to say that uh, they are 399 US each and they're pre-order. They're coming in the spring. So they'd be a little way off yet, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, three nine nine is the uh, is good. is the price, which is I mean it's it's tasty. Uh, it's not you know that's expensive. I suppose that takes them into the kind of uh, Ventris, uh, um, uh, Night Sky, 
sort of area, doesn't it? Those, those sort of DSP yeah. heavy pedals, but you know. But but with that price point, don't forget, you can keep reinventing these machines by putting the new algorithms on. So yeah, you might be paying 400 quid, but you're getting quality components, you're getting stereo. There's loads yeah. of, uh, I love the interface of them actually. Again, in terms of like performance, flicking between different modes, there's some, I think there's some kind of filtering on and playing with depth, wet control, all that kind of stuff. There's tap tempo for when you need it. Um, so you're paying for all of that, build quality, components, all going to be high quality. But the fact that you can then just whack on another algorithm, we've talked about this loads in the show. For There's loads of companies that are doing this kind of thing. This is really, you know, um, I think this speaks volumes to people out there when they're thinking of parting with 400 quid on Absolutely. an Absolutely. I, I was just going to say that, uh, I don't know if it's still there, John Van Eaton in the chat room. Hi, John. No batteries, no USB power. Uh just the same hookup as a boss pedal, which is a, a smart move because uh, everybody's okay. got those kind of boss pedal, you know, yeah. uh, power things if you're going to stick them on a pedal board. Hello, Dom, what do you think? It's, I don't know if you're a pedal guy. I can't see your floor from here. Um, so it may be I, covered got, in them. No, I'm late to the party. I've, I, I grew up in studios where the outboard was, was key because they sounded a lot better than pedals and pedals were for noisy guitarists. Um and and obviously everything's changed, you know, and and the sound quality is on a par with with you know anything you can put in a rack. Everything's small now, and um, yeah, they're, they're just great. And the and actually they're easier to use. The trouble with having stuff in racks is you've got to have them in in racks. There's just bunches and bunches of stuff. You can't just bang out a pedal, especially with all these little drum machines and dollar stuff that's going on. They're absolutely perfect. Um, I have an an R. It's the Boss um space echo clone is it an re20 or an rc20 and i've got a uh, moog uh a couple of little moog pedals um which was my sort of sort of first foray into these things and i've always been tempted by the eventide h9 which is yeah right on this kind yeah. of thing you know so it's nice. a, a box with with lots of dsp inside that you can load and never quite push the push the button on those you know um, I, and i, I watch sorry, sorry. I think they should do a dual. Remember, TC uh, yeah. did a dual effects engine. I think, and Ventress does dual. I think they should do a dual H9, which has two engines, and you can just combine yeah. them in different ways. That would be yeah, smart, absolutely. Maybe. I mean, just just to start, and it's a perfect match for synths or um, modular stuff. I mean, I saw um, Gaz playing around with that Yamaha CP thing, and he had a Strymon Looper pedal. And it's just incredible the, the way that, and it, it, it reminds me. This watching these videos of these pedals reminded me exactly of that. That the the depth and the body and the and the width, the stereo width that they it was giving to this machine was just incredible. Um, and I just want to, you know, build a whole pedal board of of stuff and and mess with it rather than having you know some some outboard where it's less tactile to be honest. Stuff sits in the rack. Stuff that I don't use often is down the bottom, and I, I leave it on my favourite settings. There's something very tactile about kicking a pedal or or just twisting stuff down there. Um, yeah, so, got? Oh, well, I've got the uh, I've got the zoom. This is the, the this is kind of cool because you can pile up. Uh, this is CDR uh, M. MS seventy CDR and you can stack up loads of effects and the algorithm's good. Mm. In fact, I found there was a little hack for it, um, which I haven't done, but it means that you can flash the firmware so that it will just basically load any and all of the Zoom algorithms. It's not limited oh, nice. to the ones you get. You can just put nice. everything they've ever made in there. I mean, it's not the same, you know, quality as uh, as Eventide, but it's still pretty good. 
And I think, I mean, yeah. I, I think the key with these guys is probably going to be, um, I mean, they look lovely. It's and, and I would hope and I would imagine that the D2As and the A to Ds in them are going to be pretty top draw because that's what UA do as well. So they've got access to all these different levels of of, uh, of A to D, D to A's. If they use anything like the stuff they've been using in their interfaces, I mean, for this price, don't know. It's hard to know whether you would get that or not. I don't know, but that would be... It needs to be up there. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the R&D on that stuff's been done. It's probably not going to be at the same level as, as, as their top-end devices, but um, it sounds brilliant on what I've listened to. And that price point is just about right, I think. Um, yeah, it's interesting I think it, that they haven't gone the, the central, the H9 style route, isn't it? So here's a box and you tell us which of these effects you want. Well, they've gone the, 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 the LTC route, wasn't it? The TC electronic, except you had to spurt, squit, send those down. Uh, yeah. Or was it line six where you had to sort of hold That's a right. thing, yeah, uh, hold box. your phone onto the pickup? <laughs> and go, yeah. <laughs> like an old modem style. I like that. There's something, there's something kind of cool having, about it. I like I had that. had to have a... a a pedal board of, of, of sorry, a, a pedal board of pedals with my synths, with my Junos and all that stuff, because you never used to have effects on synths. You know, I remember you had to pretend to be a guitarist half the time to make these things sound interesting with delay and so forth. And now, you know, these things would just sound great on a mix. It's just, just, the, just like the, the clarity that's going on in there. It just sounds wonderful. Um, and they can transform a very basic Yamaha, albeit lovely source sound that Gaz had, or an old DX27 or an SH101 or any of your VSTs. goes back to this thing about getting your, getting your in-the-box sounds out through one of those things and back into your into Ableton or into Logic to actually get a bit of movement and sound going on. Um, you know, squirt it out through your, your, your D2A interface and then just wiggle those uh, those knobs and suddenly you've got something with, with, with grit and, and movement to it that's just a lot more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know whether they'd have MIDI control or anything. I mean, I wonder because that what's happened with I know with the Line Six and some of maybe some of the TC stuff you could access some of those other parameters in there via uh, an editor. I don't know whether. Do you remember that, Matt? Did did they? Uh, was there something along those lines? You remember that? I I don't remember that one. The, the one that I tell you the one that I'm using that does it with the editor and and all that kind of thing at the minute is the the Roland Torcedo. Um, which yeah. they put out four of these modules, didn't I they? I know, but and just you... left. They've been left behind, yeah. haven't they? They shame. have. And I think they're really, really good, actually. Mm -hmm. For what Some people give them a hard time, but actually they're very, very versatile. And even though I've got mine in the rack here, I've got a USB cable sticking out. I'll plug it into my laptop, make a new patch, tweak it, save it for which song I'm after. And this one's the distortion. And the hack that I do with it is I send itself into itself internally to get these feedback loops going on which you can open and close using filtering just to get this stereo oh, nice. craziness. Yeah, that Love it. Good. That sounds great. <laughs> nice idea. Yeah. Nice idea. Anyway, these uh, are coming in the spring, 399. As most people seem to think, they're going to sell like hotcakes because they, they did some other, they did the Ox, didn't they, which was a sort of emulation amp power soak thing. And that's, while it was, it's not, it's not a Kemper, it, a lot of people are really digging that as well. And I think UA, what UA have got is this kind of, this 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 pedigree of sound, which you know, obviously, because they've been doing it for many many years, and they've got some pretty great, um, yeah, some some great stuff. Right, uh, let's get on to uh, let's see, uh, be this guy here. So let's see whether uh, whether this works. Ah, oh, yes. For all of us musicians, what we aim for reason eleven plus the subscription song. model to be our next song. I don't From know if I agree with that. that inspire but... us to late night so this is the, is uh, I, I, to be honest, I'm not going to play it. It's full of marketing bollocks, frankly. 
We want our next. You all we know is we want our next song to be our best song. I know, Dom. How do you feel about that? I mean, I bet you you probably think actually I had to give up music for five years to stop myself going mad at trying to. Yeah, well, not only that, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you you wrote a Christmas hit, so I. But I would say I would I, want I my did. last song to be <laughs> continually. Yeah, I, I did physically <laughs> and mentally sit down and go right. I can't top this. I'm going to have to stop for a bit because if I spend the next five years trying to make a better one. Um, I'm just going to go mad. So no, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe to. to <laughs> anyway, that's a that, that's a bit of an aside. But I, and this was brought up by several people because I know the problem is is for us is and I, I'm not down on reason at all. It's just none of the panelists that are on regularly use it, so we can't speak from any great experience. I guess the one person that could be would be Dave Spears because he's written rack extensions for it or that GeForce have. But the new reason thing uh, basically it gives you it's a new subscription module uh, model. Uh, let me throw this up. Uh, it's going to be it's 20 quid a month which i think is quite hot um, but what you do get is all of the rack extensions uh, that aren't third party you also get a, sound, a new sound pack every week so they're kind of following that kind of notion of uh was it output that did that as well was or splice i forget where you get a subscription you just get new sounds everywhere it's a model that's tried and tested uh and you get they're going to be releasing regular new rack extensions. Uh, it's always up to date. You know, for some people, that's going to be quite important. I just feel like maybe they've gone, I don't know what that'd be in dollars. I mean, that's going to be like 30 bucks unless they've, they've powered. So that's going to be, it's just the pricing issue. And I know some people feel bad about subscriptions. Some people don't. Depends on how you roll, I guess. I mean, you can cancel it anytime. I should also point out that existing users still get to use their existing reason. They just don't move to the next stage. So, that, you know, it's not like they're cutting you off. I think they're doing a deal where if you're an existing user, you get 50% off for six months or maybe uh, something like that, which, you know, is is so you get a year. But um, I don't know. How do you feel about this? I, uh, Matt, I guess as an yeah. educator, I mean, like yeah. a, a site subscription for my school, for instance, might make sense. Mm. But for yeah, an individual, it's... it's not just reason, but it's it's a difficult one. It really is. I tell you what, though, um, there is something in this. And right now, with us being in lockdown and we're doing a lot of teaching online, um, for example, at BIM, we actually provide all our students with a, a, an Ableton license and a Logic license for nine months. So they have that. F so they're working at home. They're catered for. Now, what's really interesting is sometimes you you might be working with a student on their on their project and they and you think you know Reason might be good for this or Bitwig might be good for this or Ableton might be good for this. The student can't afford to dig into their pockets, you know, several hundred pound for something that they might only use for a month or two a project, in a final project. Yeah. So here, if we've got the ability now where we could, and this is something even that you know, educators can look at and going, well, we've got a budget that every month we can purchase some equipment that we need, some software that we need, and then free, free up that budget for other things like a, a Moog or something for the classroom or a modular synthesizer. Uh, when we're not using that software. So that that kind of model does work. But for 20 quid a month, I'm just trying to think from the average user point of view. And I do use Reason. I've got it. And I use it just as they mentioned on the website, which is that they've noticed, I guess they've done some research, they've noticed that people are using Reason more and more as a plugin inside a DAW rather than it being a standalone. Right. And that's precisely how I use it because one of the things that I love about Reason is the Rex player and how easy it is to load Rex files and playback stuff and manipulate it. Awesome. And the, uh, the synths actually sound pretty cool. Maelstrom, I still use that. And then the other cool thing is, is their delays and uh, some of the effects processing. They've got this kind of retro 
plug-in in there that makes things sound warbly and like it's on a VHS and that kind of thing, which is right on my street. And I use that a lot as well. So there's there's three or four key plugins within Reason that I like to use, and I use them within the um, within my DAW. And don't forget the cables wiggle when you turn it around. Yeah, that, I, and that, I'll have to say, that was, that was, that was the, <laughs> whoever came up with that was the genius marketer. Yeah. Uh, I should also, you can still buy the full version. Uh, they're removing sweet and intro versions, I believe, but you can still buy it, just buy it. So it's not like the only thing that you can do. Um, but like I say, I, I'm just not a reason you, so I can't speak from any, but it sounds it's like Matt, it sounds like Matt, you, you know, you, you yeah. do. So that I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is so interesting. And I, I reckon it was a good marketing move, but it really is when reason first came out it was really like you've got to play our way this is how we you know you could only use reason on its own i think to begin with rewire yeah. did come out a bit later on oh, yeah. um, but it was very much like oh this is uh you know the interface the way it was the rack the sort of linear layout um it just felt in some ways a step back in terms of where i was using logic and i had all this excellent like midi functionality and the environment and all sorts of stuff i was doing and I was sort of jumping back into Reason, but on but then moving forward with all these kind of cool plugins, and it was lightweight on the CPU. I remember when I first had it as well. So, yeah, it's interesting, and I'm not surprised many people are using Reason now as a plugin in a DAW more than anything these days. Well, it also used to have uh, quite a well thought of audio engine as well, isn't it? Which I'm, if you run that inside a DRW, I don't know quite how that works. Maybe Dominic, you've got some inkling of that. I, I don't really know why it sounded no, good. But... It sounds like they should release a, a, a VST of the of the bits that are useful to use in a in a door because it's over the top for, um, you know, you're, you're using the instruments and the um, uh, effects and stuff in in you know as a, as a plugin. So they should do a cut down version because it's certainly not worth twenty pound a month for that if you're using it as a as a fully fledged environment it still yeah. feels a little bit too expensive it shows it shows how either good value logic is i think although again you're subsidized by apple there um at that level because you know you've you've bought logic 10 months into subscribing to to, to your to your reason plugin um it's really hard i, I mean the broader picture of subscriptions i think it's just a necessity really for the software industry. Now they're making stuff that is, doesn't need to be updated so often. There's no revenue stream that allows further development. Um, and also if you're a company, recurring revenue is, is the is a way in which your oh, company God, is yeah. valued. So, you know, if you said, well, last year we sold a hundred thousand copies of this, you're not going to be that valuable unless you can prove you're going to do another hundred thousand next year. So that's just business. That's just, it's business. It's the way it works. Um, I don't have a problem with subscriptions actually. And I do take Matt's point is a good one. You know, I'm going, I'd rather far rather spend 20 quid on using reason for a project for a month. And then I might keep that going. Um, than uh, than buying the whole thing and then realizing I didn't like it. Um, and I'd like to do that perhaps rather than have a trial. I don't know. I want the whole thing. Particularly, it makes sense to me when you get everything. So I don't know what you get out of the box if you buy Reason compared seven, to the, the whole uh, bundle. Well, there are 70, 70 uh, rack extensions as it wow. stands. I've got the, wow. uh, let's see, I mean, the, there are uh, sound packs, legendary effects and instruments. Yeah, Kong and all. The, I mean, there are some great stuff in there. And so um, just sign up already. It's interesting. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. 
because you know we we moved to you know we started a Patreon uh, at the end of last year. Matt, you've done that thing where you've gone for uh, you know subscription on SoundCloud, uh, um, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. It it really does make a difference. You know when you know that you've got you, you get natural growth and, and and expansion, and then it's up to. But then it's also it's up to you to keep coming up with the goods that keep people going. You know that's. So, yeah. you know, in some ways it could be seen as a more honest transaction because it's like, well, if I don't like this anymore, I'm just going to stop paying mm. for it. I mean, and then mm. rather than, you know, then then I've had the value up to now. And, you know, I mean, this is, this is a, a potential argument. I'm not sure how fully I agree with that. But, you know, as I said, you know, with, 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 uh, with you know, you've done the same thing. And it, it, as soon as you get, you go, oh, wow, you know, I've got 100 or, you know, 50 subscribers a month. It like now feels like, I've got more motivation to make some more tunes because I know I've got an audience there already. You know, I don't have to then yeah. make a track, figure out if anybody likes it, you know, go through the yeah. whole market. It's, it's a very different kind of yeah. process, isn't it? Well, actually, I mean, the, okay, this, yeah, we could talk about this all day, but the idea for me of now spending months and months and months doing an album and then you put that album out and then it disappears after a month or two, that to me as a model doesn't make sense anymore. I'm much more, I, I agree in some ways. And uh, um, the guy who owns Spotify, I think was alluding to this and he got it, got it in the neck for saying that artists cannot just rely on putting out one album every couple of years now. And in some ways, what I connected to with that was that maybe what he's saying here is that we need to be thinking less about albums and, more and thinking about more about singles and regular releases. So you could take that whole album and essentially release one track a month like I'm doing. It's still an album. At the end of the 12 months, you end up with an album of material, um, which you can buy as an album, and it, I might press it up on vinyl when it's all 12 are out. Um, but in the meantime, what it allows me to do is give give my audience, if, if, if I end up with an audience, regular music, new music, content, connection, and I think that's that's vital. I think there's some interesting points about that as well, because also, I mean, it applies to the the, the subscription in Reason as well, is, you know, if there's a new, a new uh, next month, there's a new rack extension, rather than we released a new version six months from now, and it's got 20 of them, and everybody's sort of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to use, whereas you get one, and all your audience go, oh, what's that? And they would get to know that and maybe evaluate it in in singularity, and it's the same with music. You put a track out, Everybody goes, oh, that, I really like that. And then you put an album out and everybody goes, oh, I can't be bothered to listen to all of it. They skim, skip it. It's the way we consume things. And it applies, maybe it does apply to software as well. I don't know whether you, yeah, uh, whether totally. you agree. Yeah. Oh, I could go on for hours about that. I won't. But I mean, yeah, uh, the whole reason for an album was that you could fit an hour's roughly worth of music onto a piece of vinyl. And that's as much as you could get. And singles were always a loss leader for the, the labels, for people to go out and buy the album. So when you remove the album, albums disappeared, really. You can still obviously go and buy albums. They still generate revenue, but no one really cares that much like they used to. Now you need to be on a playlist on Spotify or Tidal or whatever, and it's about that song. And if people want more of your music, then, you know, they might go and buy your album, but it's it's diminishing rapidly now. So A&R is now playlists. And, um, and I think that's a good thing. I, honestly, I know I'm speaking from a position of having sold a lot of records, I think we had it way too easy back then. And the people before me, 10 years before, were making absolute bonkers money out of, out of what is really a nice song, you know. Um, 
and we're paying the price for that. You made absolute fortunes off of a radio play, £40 a play on, on Radio 1 for your song. It's lovely, nice work when you can get it, but it's not sustainable. Um, no, but I and, think Spotify, I mean, Spotify coming up in another topic, maybe, but they, they don't pay enough either. There's, they, no, but they don't. Well, oh, the problem yeah. with Spotify is that they don't charge enough. Spotify do not charge enough and set their price points so low. They, they are still making a loss. 70% of Spotify's revenue is going back to artists. That's way more than any other company. And I'm not a Spotify defender. What they got wrong was they should have charged for the highest subscription. Um, and now they're stuffed. And all the record labels decided it was a good thing getting on board and the whole thing is a mess. But you know, the, the only way they could give more back to the artist is by charging more subscription. And I'm not sure whether people would take that. And that that really is a mess. But anyway, um, I think Matt, right, you're, you're, you're both right. That whole thing about people, um, wanting to follow you and stay following you and committing to a, a small monthly payment is a really, really good thing. And it, and it keeps you on your toes and it's far better than, you know, back in the day, people would buy albums without listening to them. Um, and that was a real commitment, you know, so at least you're now buying what, uh, what, what you like. I would say on the subscription thing, the, the two methods of subscription that I absolutely hate and they're what give the, the industry a bad name is is the kind of subscriptions, the backdoor subscriptions, where you kind of buy a year's license. It's it's like a wave style subscription, which seemed to be a little bit kind of through the back door, where you're not actually subscribing for more. You're paying for a year up front, which feels as if like you're buying something, mm, but you but then pay for new versions. Right. Waves. You know, I don't want to diss waves because the plugins are amazing, but that, it felt a little bit of a shock when you suddenly go, actually, you've got to pay some more. And then the other one, I, I do think there should be a thing with subscriptions where if you haven't run the software, you get reminder email to say, are you sure you still want to subscribe? And I think that would that would solve a lot of the anti-subscription mm. thing. Because well, most also, people I mean, and I think also, I, I agree. But I think also the other thing you should do is if you've, if you've done a year or you have a certain amount, your, your subscription level tails off, you know, so you, mm. you, you pay a little bit less. If you've been there six months, it goes down by, you know, 5%, yeah, that's a nice whatever. Point. So you, so you, the long-term customer gets a reward and that's something that the, the accountants can factor in because they can study the, the, the data and, and, and do all of that I mean, stuff, just, I suppose. Just quickly, all, all of this would be solved with a kind of time slicing type of thing. So so the Spotify thing of like, if I'm going to pay £10 for the month and I've only listened to Big Billy and the guitar band, Big Billy should get my £10 or the 70% of my £10. So ah, good luck okay. to you. Yeah. So, so, so that's really cool. That, that would solve a lot of things. You know, I'm not expecting to be paid if only three people listen to my stream, but you know, it's broken down like that. Perhaps there's a, there's a, there's a Dragon's Den style gym membership style cards that could lump <laughs> together a bunch of subscriptions and then allocate uh, the subscription payment based on how much you've used it. So um, you get a discount, but you have you know, a base rate, then, but then you, yeah. Exactly. I don't have to worry that I haven't used um, Reason that month because I went on holiday and I go, oh, I've lost my 20 pounds. I really don't like those guys because they forced me to pay for 20 pounds for something I didn't use. You know, it, it, it is is a, almost like a pay a micropayment by use, which would be perfectly possible with with this kind of stuff because they all kind of call the servers back and say, I've been used now. So it's perfectly possible to remind people that do they really need to subscribe? Mm. Um, and it would be perfectly possible to do something like this. It just It's just more honest. You know, if I use something, I'd like to pay for it. If I don't, I really don't want to pay for it. And I don't want to forget that I, I don't want to practically have to go and cancel something. Do you know what I mean? It's that slightly surreptitious way of working. Yeah, I totally got it. Well, it's a, it's a much wider discussion. And I think that's fair enough. Perhaps we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, um, 
we'll move on uh, unless uh, Matt, you have anything specific you want to add. But uh, I, I think uh, good luck to him. I mean, it's good to see that the re- you know, and th- obviously, if this if this works out, then it means that reason is going to continue to be developed and continue to do things. Because I mean, of all the DAWs, I mean, I saw I saw some sort of report somewhere that DAW market share in terms of share prices, you know, in publicly trading or trading things is up. You know, there's a there's a steep because people are doing this kind of thing at home. So, you know, this is a perfect, uh, you know, people should be, it should be time to for, for these companies to invest in, you know, new technology and new uh, ideas and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, what was the next? I'm going to play this one, actually, because uh, on a one, two, three, four, five, six, I've got so many more buttons, I have to count. Uh, and then maybe we'll come back to the Spotify thing, see how we get on. But uh, here we go. So this is uh, VR Modular from 42 Tones. They've created a a 3D, you know, virtual environment where you can build uh, modular synths with your Oculus Rift or your HTC Vive or Valve Index. And then uh, become a series of polygons. But... It's an interesting idea because it definitely has the sort of concept of addictiveness like modular. I think they've only got about 30 odd modules at the moment, but uh, I don't know, it seems like an interesting... I know we, we, we have briefly touched on um, VR stuff before and perhaps it's not aimed at me or perhaps people of my age. I would, I really, I'm thinking that we should buy a system for here just to try out some of these things and see how it is to get on with them because I think as we get on, more and more of these things are going to happen. I don't know what, what people think about I'm going to come to you first, Matt, because uh, you're probably closer to the age group. And I don't know, if you, are you a gamer? I don't know if you are or not. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a PS4, which I which funny enough, I, every time I walk past and I've got an online subscription, talking subscription, I hardly mm. use it and I think... Oh, why am I paying 60 quid a year and I'm never online blowing people up on GTA 5 anymore? I just don't get time. But uh, yes, I, I enjoy a game or two now and then to break away from stuff. Um, would I enjoy getting a VR headset on and playing around with a modular synth? Well, you've got one there, mm. really, yeah. If you didn't have well, one, maybe. I, yeah, okay. So first things first, this is the more expensive route. VR is getting cheaper and cheaper. You You've got the out out cost of the helmet and the interface and then i'm i don't know how much this software is but um 15, 16 quid that's yeah nothing, nothing is it right, yeah compared really. you know I, I couldn't even get a patch cable these days for that well maybe two um but um the thing about this it's tactile i can touch it and i everything that i go to it's doing something and i've used vr stuff before i've used oculus rift um I've even used Motion Leap and you go to touch something or use your hand in it and you don't always get to the button or you think you have or you press the one, wrong one or it it's, it's, hasn't got that level of accuracy. And then there's this idea of it, um, the kind of frame rate. We talked about this a couple of shows. Oh, back yeah, where yeah. It has to be very high, in. doesn't it? <clears throat> it has to be super high. I'm, I'm watching these videos back and um, – I'm even getting a little bit of motion sick watching them. I don't want to put off, this is loads, hours and hours and hours of work people put into this. I don't want to poo-poo it. And and for some people, this will be absolutely right up their street. And maybe the younger generations will just get into it. But I think if I wanted to start out in modular, I would go use VCV rack, which is completely free to begin with. Start well, getting into yeah. it. 
in that world. But that 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 brings up an interesting question. If they tied this yeah. with VCV rack and you could put all the yeah. VCV rack modules in it, then we'd be talking. Yeah. I think then it would be a real. Then you'd think, you know what? I'm going to try that because I fancy that. I don't know, Dom. Um, Matt's got a point about feedback. I mean, maybe they'll come up with a glove or something that we can. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. W- that means that I we mean, can- Matt, you need to buy the PSVR for your PlayStation. I think it's uh, yeah. They're just just yeah. Oh man. I mean, I've got I've got a, a nine year old daughter. He's into Minecraft, and so we got the PSVR. I mean, basically, I got the PSVR bit <laughs> thing for it as an excuse because she thought she might like to see Minecraft in it, and it is bonkers. the The first time you put those things on, you're just like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And the novelty wears off quite quickly, but there are certain games in there that that work, and ironically, a lot of them are audio based. So there's a couple. There's a, there's Beat Saber, which most people have seen, where you're kind of sloshing things out. But the the sound, the, the effects of you hitting these things land on the beat, effectively, which sounds very basic. But when you're in this thing, it's quite interesting. And there's another game called Res Infinite on on the PS4, where you're basically shooting these things out the way in in a in a Starcraft style fighter. But also, as you're exploding, you hit them and they explode slightly later, and they explode on the beat. And so you've got these pumping techno soundtracks going on. And as you're shooting these things off, they're firing off on the beat. And it's really effective. Um, and I think that, that the upshot of all of this is that quite often people see the VR and they go, wouldn't it be great if we build exactly what we've got already in hardware in VR? That people will love that. And it reminds me of the early days of the internet when everyone said, wouldn't it be great if we built a supermarket in 3D on the internet and then people could go shopping in it and they could get their bananas and their apples. And there was a, a year's period where, because I was involved in developing these things, that all the major supermarkets were coming, can we, can we build Sainsbury's online? And you're kind of saying, no, that's yeah. not, that's, that's stupid. Not a good idea. You know, you're, <laughs> it's, it sort of makes sense if you don't think about it and you don't understand kind of the concept of what you're talking about. But actually, people don't want to go online and go through the same limitations that they've got offline and i think there's a there's an element of that here that the kind of minority report style yeah and moving things around and is is brilliant and it the a fabulous novelty factor of it and and with the right interfaces and stuff will help but actually not being able to play an instrument but being able to wave your arms and slam stuff and get it quantized onto the beat um interests me far more so i think that the concepts there and it will go through some evolution and the idea of applying it in this way to modular style stuff where you can lump different things together for an effect is great i just think the the interface needs to be brought into yeah, the real the VR idea world, of the, you know, the idea of fiddling the with tiny macro controls with sort of basically it's like picking up it, bananas it, it instead of sense. getting a drop down list yeah, abs- yeah, abs- yeah absolutely but but these this is how these things evolve people will go the the obvious let's do this in vr and it's great and they break down the walls and and solve all the problems that it takes to get these things working and then suddenly someone comes along and goes right screw that interface it's awful what you really want to do is this and suddenly you, you end up with you know something that's really tactile and and i think very importantly is available to people to, who can make good music without having to learn an instrument you know you need to be a, if you can hear something in your head then anything that allows you to make that sound outwardly by any you know with synths or modular or banging stuff or whatever that's that's the end game here i don't think people need to learn piano in order to play piano tracks if they can hear it in their head getting it out there is 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 something that vr should really be able to help with i guess yeah i, th- no, I think interesting sorry yeah I th- uh, sorry dom's made a great point there and 
if this interface, when you put that headset on, looked something more like IKEA designed it, and that was sort of minimal and it was easy to see things, or something like um, the the Teenage Engineering with their OP1 design, something like that that you don't get in the real world that makes you want to put that helmet on, get into that world, and uh, yeah, and create the music that's in your head um, using tools that you don't have here, or even even better still. AR, as I mentioned before. I yeah, really so, right, exactly. I think yeah, AR. That, yeah. Well, AR I, I, th really I think what you were saying about time, I mean, you could imagine a point where if you've got like a glove that actually has some sort of pressurized feedback, <laughs> so when you touch something, you're, you're feeling something, you, you get a point of pressure so that you get ha some sort of haptic sensation, some sort of pushback. But I mean, I don't know how you do that without some kind of massive mechanical yeah, entity. It's really expensive. It's really expensive at the moment. And you know, the idea of having a standing and walking and running on a ball in the ground that just you're standing stationary, but you're able to walk because the floor moves underneath you. It won't be that long. Um, or we can just put like, I've always thought it'd be really good to have an XLR <laughs> socket in the back of singers, <laughs> singer's necks so that you can just plug them instead of a microphone, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, good good question like. from uh, Stephen Southall in the chat room. Do the do the wires wobble in VR? I would certainly hope so. Uh, I would certainly hope <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of, uh, an in, you know, an, another insight. I didn't want to spend too long on it. But, um, I think... I, I think maybe I'm going to leave the Spotify for now because we've we've talked a lot yeah. about subscriptions. So what I would like to do is I'm going to go to uh, I found this. Uh, there's basically uh, let's see if this is actually going to work. I hope it does. I'm going to let's see if it. Yes, the Royal Wind Music Conduct. Now this I found this site uh, on Facebook, which is just essentially a. Uh, is it going to play? Ah oh, yes. Now there are several things about this. This is a really interesting, it's a rare and rare and interesting, rare and strange instruments group on Facebook. Really page on Facebook, really good. Now these are recorders. They're contrabass and bass recorders and descants. I think they don't go up high, which is why they sound so good. And this honestly was so beautiful. This is the. Um, Royal Wind Music uh, group from Amsterdam. They play bass, contrabass recorders. I, I won't, I won't play the whole thing. But it's just a new site that I found, uh, and they've got some other stuff. In fact, there was another one that I found, uh, which was a guy called um, Pete O'Connell. Let's see if I can play this as well. Uh, who does this thing called Rhysonic Wheels? And these are just. This was another one. I, the one I sent you was him. These wheels hitting a guitar, but these are hitting other things. looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, awesome. Now, there's nothing more to this other than I was poking around because in slow news weeks, I'm trying to find new, new sources, new inspiration for topics, and this came up, and it was it's called Rare and Strange. Uh, let me see if I can find the actual uh, Facebook group um, without showing my entire Facebook page because... Uh, let's see, I can copy that. I'll copy that link, uh, a copy link address. I'll paste it in there. It's just a really cool thing. I don't know if you guys had a chance to uh, to check any of this stuff out, but I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And there's some, there's loads of it. There's just absolutely tons of it. And it's a, it's a real antidote to 
you know, perhaps the VR modular, which doesn't quite hit the mark. It's just real people playing things which are unusual and often built. Uh, and I don't know, Dominic, I don't know if you were uh, a victim of the recorder class in school, <laughs> like many of the UK I people was, were. Yeah. But I why was, on I'm, earth well, are we I'm, given I'm, those horrible little bloody, well, you know, piccolo things that now. just go, they sound disgusting, whereas these sound fantastic. Yeah, my, my daughter's, like I say, she's nine, which is which is peak recorder age at the moment. <laughs> and I've been having these debates with, with uh, a very lovely music teacher who's adamant that ukuleles are not to be learned before recorders. I kind of wish I'd done um, ukulele. But I, I remember pictures in a book back at school uh, of that bass recorder when whatever book I had to learn recorder through that we went to must have had a back page of these are the this is the family of recorders and the big bass one with the tube at the top because it's so big you you'd have to you be 10 foot to blow down it and um I'd never seen one before until I saw that and it sounds brilliant I mean they're it's kind of it's an organ isn't it those are organ pipes yeah fundamentally. it's like all contrabassoon it's yeah exactly yeah I don't know whether they've got reeds in some, but anyway, they no. sound absolutely beautiful. I love it. And I'm going through this, this thing of, of real things at the moment. Like again, I, I made that um, video going with a trash can, you know, using that as a distortion box with a mic and a speaker inside and using that, you know, going out and making noises out of stuff and seeing what's happening. And it's absolutely definitely the way to go. Get, get out of the, out of the box and, uh, and, and bang some, things to get some some audio going but yeah absolutely wonderful and that guy's just bonkers isn't he with his with his wheels yeah it's called uh, pete o'connell's and it's the absolutely it's called brilliant. a risonic wheels and he's got a vimeo channel uh and let me see if i could just hold on i'm just trying to find that there so he's got a, a Vim, uh that's that button isn't it yeah uh, he's got a vimeo channel let's see where it was and there's just loads of this was the one i originally started playing uh, if I come up, he's basically. Just builds all these kind of mechanical ways of triggering stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Matt. I, 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 think, I think this is uh, it's great. I mean, is, is, do you yeah. cover this kind of stuff at BIMS or is it more of a music yeah, composition? No, we yeah, we, we, we look at um, social. I mean, I, I teach social, political, cultural stuff as well as Ultimate beats and weird wonky music and uh, we certainly look at look at things i mean uh, recently i was doing um i was talking about uh, the invention of the teenager in electric guitar in the 1950s and you know what amplification itself meant for the music industry and music composition and music production and all that kind of stuff so yeah we look at this all the time um I'm, I've been following this page on Facebook for, for years. Oh, have you? Oh, brilliant. A bit late to the party, mate. I am, yeah, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> but um, it's, really, it's fascinating. You can spend a lot of time on there. And one of the thing, a few things that strikes me is sometimes what's really important is where you're listening to these interesting music, um, interesting instruments. So the first example, those people with the big recorders, they're playing it in a massive, it looks like a church or a hall or something. And of course the ambience and the reverb and you can just imagine how much that also adds to the sound as oh, well. Yeah. And it, a few on a lot of occasions I see these things and it really makes me think about the function of the instrument inside of the environment that it's played in. And um, you can get interesting results when you remove it from that. But someone playing that recorder, for example, in a park, 
the sound and that's maybe not going to carry as well. It might not have this, or indeed how many of them there are. Um, and you could say that with choirs as well, you know, the more vocals you have and, and how more extreme and immersive it becomes. So I like looking at that side of things and modular synths, <laughs> I always, I always keep going back to these things. I know, but you, and particularly me, I mean, all of my recordings that's coming out this year is made on this one seven U instrument that I've designed. And I call it an instrument because it is, it's bespoke and I've made it unique and I'm seeing more and more people doing this with modulars now, instead of buying racks and racks and racks of equipment, they're trying to actually condense it down and make something, a lot of things out of a very small system and calling it an instrument. So, um, yeah, I'd maybe like to see some more of them on the, on that Facebook page. Um, well, Perhaps. yeah, maybe so. I, I guess they're they're going for the acoustic kind of business. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know. I, yeah, as uh, it's gone past now, but uh, somebody said in the chat room, I hate to think how many guitars he must get through in a in a kind of gigging <laughs> a gigging uh-huh. week. Because I mean that being whacked, but I guess they probably got nylon or something on the end. But it's it's got to be. Uh, got to get through it a little bit and imagine if you get it wrong and it sort of somehow wraps around the string and just sort of yanks it yeah there's all I mean, sorts of could be some terrible accidents going on there but uh, yeah i, I just once, thought it was kind of nice saw, i saw a guy once playing a guitar and on the guitar he, he had a wheel spinning around underneath the strings and he would press the strings down onto the wheel which had some kind of like a hurdy-gurdy it, which, that's what a hurdy-gurdy sort of does yeah he had an erdy gurdy. That's what he did. I was about to say that was quite cool, but it wasn't. Um, Nick, I'm afraid I've got to go. You've got to go. Enough. Yes, I know. I, 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 I want to say thank um, you very much. Uh, I'm sorry Matt. about that. No, no, that's fine. I know you've got a, a, a lesson to teach. And don't forget, if you want to check out Matt's uh, uh, stuff, um, I'm just going to paste the. Uh, but yeah, I know you've yeah, got to go. I'll let you yeah, go because yeah. you, you have got a dash. I'm going to put that link in again. Seven o'clock. So if, no one, if no one else has heard it, it's epic. Absolutely epic. I love I love Matt's stuff. I first heard you live with a real drummer and a modular, which is the first time I'd ever heard that going on. And uh, oh, yeah. and then I went down the rabbit hole of listening to some of your tracks that have been probably three or four years old now. And yeah, really, really good. Really good. Don't, don't let Thanks, the modular Tom. thing put you off. No, seriously good. Seriously good. Cheers, Thanks, Matt. That's uh, great. I thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as ever. See you later, It's been Matt. a pleasure, yeah. Thanks. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go teach my MA students now. Um, so we're going to get into that side of things. But have a great rest of the show if you're carrying on. And everyone, sorry, I've got to jump off so quick. See you later. Bye. See ya. Bye. Uh, excellent. That was great. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, it makes a really good point there about the environment because, funnily enough, they probably teach it differently now, but, but again, learning audio recording and stuff, it was all about removing all the external noise and, and making something as you know, quiet and brilliantly recorded as possible and then putting back the ambience by adding the reverb and the yeah. echo. And actually, you know, that, that, that because it was, I think maybe when digital stuff really started to come in on, it was because you could, you know, we've got to get rid of all that hiss. We've got to make this thing completely inert. Then we have total control over, you know, the, the ambience around it. And then you go back and look at some, some of the more rock-based producers and the way they would record, like yeah, from the Rolling Stones to whatever, where the guy would be singing with an SM58 between 
the speakers and and the guitars would just be mic'd up and it would be a take a dummy take when they were just practicing that would get used and those are the things that often give music life you know the recording comes comes to life because it's no longer sterile and inert you're actually using you know you the, the reverbs mm. and the delays of the way that the room sounds and i know you can't necessarily go out and start recording your drum in a big tunnel but you know making no you're right uh, well i did an interview with uh will gregory uh the moog ensemble and he was saying that you know what they do they don't go uh in they don't plug all of their stuff into a board and have someone mix it out front they all have mm. like a big massive speaker i think it's like a big roland Brilliant. keyboard amp wedge thing yeah it yeah, really yeah. kicks and they've all got one of those and they play into the space and the space therefore uh is a big part of the sound and a lot of the pieces that they're playing which are classical are designed to be played in those spaces which have their long reverb and the frequency responses and they, they because it particularly and if there's any sort of religiousness to it there's this sort of uh, ethereal quality and that once the building starts to become involved it's great oh i just want to say uh thank you very much to wagyu and a couple of other people for your stickers and uh um i can't remember what they're super comments and stuff very much appreciated we're starting to save up for the uh for the next christmas <laughs> christmas drinks and christmas party um yeah it's it's i don't know i think it's a great a great page though there's loads of good stuff on there i would thoroughly recommend that uh that people go and check yes, that out. Uh, well, I was the, the latest one to the party because I'd never seen it before. And uh, it's just that I love just getting lost down that rabbit hole. It's really, really, really good. Really, really yeah, good. excellent. So thank, you for, thank you for that. No problem. Uh, well, we've seemed to have made it to five o'clock. I haven't broken anything. The switch has worked. So I uh, just want to show you. So now I'll show you what's going on. So now top two buttons show it's streaming and recording. And uh, the the bottom the button down there shows that I'm the live shot. So it's actually seems to be going really well. The only thing I haven't done, because I've what I've also been trying and if you've seen that we've been posting these little snippets from Sonic Talks around the place, which are are little quotes and the and the um you know, just just as promos. And I've got a button mm. that writes the time code to a log. So I can, I, it says, at this time, there's a quote from somebody. Check that bit out. Rather than kind of go, I can't right. remember where that nice. whole hour of stuff was. But yeah, I forgot yeah. to press the button at any time. <laughs> it, it either means that none of us said anything that interesting, or it means it was just too much for my adult brain. I think that's more likely to be the case, if I'm perfectly honest, Dom. Um, so, yeah, don't don't feel bad, if uh, but I will try no, and no, find no. Some, something out there. But no, no, uh, no. Uh, Excellent. Well, um once again, I want to say thank you very much to all our chatties, uh, all of you out there, Rocky66, Ken Lewis, all of you who are watching on uh, YouTube, all of you who are watching and uh, various places and on IRC and, of course, Discord and uh, Twitch and all those. Very much appreciated. Uh, and I hope, and it feels like I've, I've, I've upped my game a little bit with a few more transitions and a bit more pro. I feel they're much more in control of the show now. And as I say, Dom, um, the next stage is trying to run this from the cloud so I could just lie well, in bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's slightly disconcerting having a having a threes up view because it means you have to concentrate because you might actually flick to flick to me at any moment rather than when someone else is talking, you naturally you used to be able to just look away and go and surf the web or check out on something. I, now I will try of... not to do that anymore. I understand. Well, <laughs> the thing is, what most vision mixers, uh, if there was somebody else doing this, what they would be doing is they'd flick to preview and then go go but i have to do uh, live yeah. cuts i can't ha i haven't got time for a preview and then another it goes no, it's good. Bang. I, I love it absolutely so, love it and then uh, i'm glad it's all working so i know yeah, i've actually I, I, 
I did. I there's it doesn't you can't really see it, but I did sort of three DIs the lower third a bit. That that's the next thing that needs a bit of love, mm-hmm. but it'll be there. But um, yes, thank you everybody, and don't forget uh, if you like what we do uh, and you want patches, you want downloads, you want exclusive videos that we post on uh, Patreon, Patreon.com/SonicState is the place to go. And uh, yeah, just stick to it, and also you know support all of our guests. I, uh, Dom, what's next on your Mr. Wiggly doing any gigs on YouTube? Are you posting um, any yeah, stuff? Yeah, there's a couple of uh, couple of little online festivals. Which are, uh, if you look up Mr. Wiggly on Facebook, there's a Facebook page I post there. But really, at the moment, um, there's a couple of projects under underway. But mainly, it's all about these these plugins. So keep an eye on uh, maybe the the best place to look is is on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, go to Mr. Wiggly, or it'll be on the YouTube channel that's underneath uh, underneath my name on oh, screen right now. I, I need to find um, that because I couldn't find the Mr. Wiggly Facebook page. I, oh, okay. I to add yeah, yeah. It's rel- relatively new. Um, but I'd say um, in about six weeks, we'll put out the first VST. It's just testing at the moment, which is going to be really exciting. Um, and it won't be a subscription model. It'll be very cheap. Very low processor intensive. Don't worry, you're fine. Yeah. And then I'll sit there. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I think oh. what I need now I've got to make another one straight away. Wait a minute. How's that going to work? That's no good. Yeah. Um, quite. But yeah. Well, anyway, I, I should put my money where my mouth is. The point is to make these things affordable. I'm, I'm still shocked by the cost of some of these plugins. Albeit they do amazing, amazing things. But I've, I think underneath it all, without going to too much detail, I've, I found myself using the same plugins, most of which are quite expensive, but I'm using maybe 10% of what they do. Um, right. And they do it brilliantly well. But I'm thinking, actually, you know, I'm putting this on every channel. I want a bit of compression or on a bit of warmth. I've got this setting, I'm, all this other stuff in there. I'm not even touching. Maybe I can make a plugin that gives me the warmth that I can hear in my head and that I've managed to find through various presets and, you know, charge 15 quid for it and then and, and make sure it doesn't use up all this CPU that's kind of just sitting there. That was my idea. So I'm, kind of, I'm trying to make a Mr. Wiggly plugin strip of three or four VSTs that will just give me what I want to hear and and not use up all the uh, all the, the bandwidth of my CPU. And then it became a product. So fingers crossed, that's where I'm going. So. Excellent. Well, um, I think that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much uh, to all uh, to our guests and also thank you very much to all of you folks in the chat room and, of course, uh, the folks over at uh, Isotope. Uh, don't forget, Sonic 10, if you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, you will basically get the special landing page they've made for us. Uh, and if you use the code Sonic 10 and check out from there, you get 10% off any Isotope plugin or bundle. Um, but anyway, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much. So Dom, uh, we will, uh, we could say goodbye. Uh, and now I'm going to press another button, which hopefully will make the show stop. So, uh, all of you folks out there, thank you very, very much for watching and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.